0: No the mm-hmm. awesome. this morning. Just open up your hearts to respond to what God has more Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks, Louisa. welcome to every nation race where we see lives, communities and society transformed through discipleship in the word, the presence, and the power of God. That's who we are. We are a Bible-believing community, a Jesus-following community, community, a spirit-loving community. That's who we are. Welcome. It's so great to have every one of you here. God is gonna do a good thing. Lord, as we we get into the word, I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord God, more than hearing my words, I pray that they would hear your words. More than hearing the sermon, I pray they'd hear the spirit of the living God speak to them, Lord God. I pray no one would leave here the same, no one would leave here unchanged, but every single person would have an encounter with you. Lord, I'm asking that the name of Jesus Christ would be exalted high this morning. I pray that the the concept of your love and your grace towards us would be solidified in our hearts. And I pray and ask, Lord God, that in everything, in everything, you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So can you feel the wind of the Spirit blowing through this nation? Can you feel the shaking at the foundations of the roots of this nation? Can you feel something happening You know, when we look at the news, when we hear the reports, it's easy to see that something is changing, that things are, you know, no matter what happens after this, there's probably going to be a permanent change in light of everything the nation is going through, that there is a blowing, a wind is blowing through this nation. I want to say this to you, that that wind is not all about this virus. The wind that is blowing through this nation is the spirit of the living God preparing us for something. It's the spirit of the living God getting ready to bring about a great deliverance. It's the spirit of the living God working in your hearts, working in the government, working in society, working in business to see a shaking at the roots of the idols, to bring down the strong men that have controlled our nation, and to bring the life of the living God into our our environment, to bring the name of Jesus Christ to where we are. How do I know that? Because he's done it before. I've seen it before. The Bible speaks of it before. How do we know he's doing this? Because we see it time and time again. We are looking at the book of Exodus and we are in chapter 14. That that chapter that is probably the quintessential Old Testament chapter. The chapter that Israel referred to time and time again. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. When God came down and delivered them walked them through the sea, and destroyed their enemies so that not one was left. When Israel was finally free from their bondage, the great chapter of the Bible. What you don't know about this chapter is that this chapter mirrors the New Testament in ways that are unimaginable. So when you you read it superficially, it's hard to see Jesus in there, but When you begin to read the new testament so much alludes back to this chapter and what we understand from that is that the god of the old testament is the god of the new testament there's not one god happening in the old testament and another one happening in the new testament that the love, the grace, the mercy, the power of God that was demonstrated in Jesus Christ is demonstrated right there in the book of Exodus in chapter 14. And we're going to look at that. Israel in bondage, in slavery for 430 years in the nation of Egypt finally comes out after 10 horrible plagues and that great spectacular moment of Passover where the the nation painted blood on their doorposts and the angel of death passed over and took the firstborn son of all of the people who didn't have the blood of of the lamb on their doorposts and all and Extra-biblical writings put it this way. Pharaoh woke up in the middle of the night, his oldest son dead, hearing the weeping and the wailing of Egypt, and he left his home, and he went banging on the doors of the Israelites' home. Where is Moses? Give me Moses. Where is Moses? And finally, when he found Moses, he said, go, get out. I don't want you. Go, flee, run. And the Bible tells us that Israel left Egypt. They plundered Egypt by going to the Egyptians and asking them for their wealth, and their wealth of Egypt was handed to them. And they left Egypt in a hurry with unleavened bread, walking. And God led them. The Bible says He didn't leave them the quick way because He was afraid they would would return back to Egypt if they saw war. So he, He led them the long way, and they finally are encamped on the Red Sea. There's no way forward. And they don't want to go back. And then the Bible tells us how rumbling out of the mountains comes the sound of chariot wheels, comes the sound of horses, comes the sound of an army pursuing them, Pharaoh has changed his mind. All of Egypt said, oh no, we don't want those people to go. We loved having them here, making our buildings, building stuff for us, doing all the work we don't, didn't want to do. We want them back. We want them back. And they came pursuing Israel. And Israel stands there before the Red Sea, unable to move forward, and an army pursuing them behind, unable to turn around. Desperate, desperate times. But then, When there is no hope, when there is no hope, they hear the sound of a wind. The Bible says an east wind begins to blow, and it blows, and it blows, and it blows, and it blows so that the sea is blown apart, and before them, there is a wide open path that they walk upon. That wind that is blowing through our nation is the wind of deliverance. That wind that you feel, that shaking that you ha- had last night. I don't know, we had trees blown over in our area. But the, the wind of the Spirit blowing through this nation is the wind that is blowing against the obstacle. It's is blowing against the resistance. is blowing against what we cannot change and making it change. Yeah. Making it change. Good. 1 Kings verse 19. The prophet is sitting in a cave, mournful, dejected, alone, hopeless. God comes to speak to him and he says, before the voice of the Lord came to him, a mighty wind came and it smashed the rocks to pieces. Listen to me, this is the wind of the Lord. This is his presence blowing through a nation, blowing through an area, blowing through a place. It breaks stuff. It sets things apart. It moves things. Acts 2. The disciples, disciples are in a desperate place. Their Messiah has gone. They are all alone. They don't know what to do. And they hear the sound of a wind. They hear the sound of a wind. A mighty rushing wind. And they are in a room and they are all alone and they are afraid and and desperate and the wind keeps blowing and then there's tongues of fire on each other's heads and suddenly there's an outburst of the presence of God and ordinary people are filled with the presence of God and they go out and preach the gospel so that the w- the water parts people are saved the w- society is transformed why because when God blows when God moves things change when God moves deliverance comes and this is the message of Exodus 14, that there is nothing that can stand in the way of God's plans. And when we align ourselves to his, God, his plans, the wind blows and the sea parts.
0: Yes. Amen.
1: Preach it. Some Somebody say, yes, I'm going to preach it. <laughs> when you read this passage, Exodus 14, I mean, that, that wind is spectacular. But before that wind comes, there are a set of voices that Israel hears. And how they respond to those voices will determine whether the deliverance, you know, God is going to bring deliverance. I want to promise you this, God is going to bring deliverance, but there are voices that are speaking to you. There are voices in the environment, depending which voice you listen to or depending how you respond to those voices will determine whether the deliverance is yours or not, whether you participate in that deliverance, whether you are the one who walks through that sea on dry land or not. And that's what I want to talk to us today. I want to promise you that there is a wind blowing It cannot be stopped. God will not be held back. His purposes will happen on the earth. The only question remains, will you be with him? Will you be with him? Will you be with him? And as a human being, I can tell you that the voices that I'm about to speak to will speak to your heart hard. Uh, particularly the first one, it will speak hard and it will speak strong and everything will be orientated towards keeping you back, keeping you out of the promises. But there is a living God who is speaking as well. And when we partner with his voice, we get what we've longed for. We get what we've longed for. So I want to speak to you about three voices, three voices that come before the wind. Three voices that come before the wind. The voice of Egypt, the voice of the mediator, and the voice of redemption. The voice of Egypt, the voice of the mediator, and the voice of redemption. So let's look at the voice of Egypt. Exodus 14, they are standing before that Red Sea, and it says this. From verse 5, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people and they said, what is this we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him and took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the people hardened the heart, sorry, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. There is a voice of Egypt that will come and speak to you. It's the voice of intimidation. It's the sound of horror horses hooves. It's the sound of chariots. It's the sound of your oppression. It's the sound of injustice around you. It's the sound of the abuse, the negativity of the world. And it says, you can't do it. You can't go forward. You can't leave. This is all you will have. Do not try for something more than what you have. Stay where you are. Come back to oppression. Embrace injustice. Embrace this life you have. There is nothing more than what you have. It is the voice of intimidation. It is also the voice of enticement. It's the voice that says, we'll see Israel respond to this later, but it's the voice that says, remember all the good things. Remember the money, the comfort. Oh my word, who knows what's out there? That big wide wilderness. You can't tell what terrible things will be out there. Come back to what you know. Come back to what you know. It's in, the, it's in every advert that you will ever watch. The lure, the lure ordinary human life. The lure of materialism. The lure of sin. Come. It speaks gently to your soul. Come back. Don't go there where you don't know. Don't go there where the wild places are. Don't go there to the unknown. Don't take that step. Why would you trust that God? What does he have for you? Look what I have for you. And it's the thing that made Israel want to turn back. It is the voice of intimidation and it's the voice of enticement. Now here is the really rough thing about this voice is that if it was just the voice, it would be fine. But it finds an echo in your heart. That's the problem. From verse 10, it says this, when Pharaoh drew near, Excuse me, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what you said we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Can you hear that voice of intimidation, that voice of enticement is finding a home in their hearts? That's the problem. Is that Egypt can shout loudly over you. It can call loudly to you, but unless it finds a place in your heart, an echo in your own soul, a longing for, for just to go back to how things were. And mm-hmm. unless it can find that in your heart, it has no power. James one, James one, verse fourteen says this: "But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own." Desire, we hate the devil, but I want to promise you that the devil is not your problem. (laughs) Your problem, my problem, is the lies in our hearts. It's deception, the darkness in our own hearts, that's the problem. voice of Egypt, let it not find an echo in our hearts. Let it not find an echo in our hearts. The next voice we have is the voice of the mediator. Praise the Lord. Can you all just breathe a sigh of relief? The sermon gets better from here. Now we're, now, now we're on the up. The voice of the mediator. Here is Moses. And he is negotiating between God and the people. He's bringing the the fears and the insecurities of the people before God. And he's hearing from God and he's bringing it to the people. He's standing in the gap between the people and God. And he's leading them as an emissary from heaven. We have learned this before. But Moses did imperfectly what Jesus came to do perfectly. Do you remember we said that right at the beginning of Exodus? That Israel's story is our story. That Israel's story is your story. And Moses stands as Jesus in this story. He did imperfectly what Jesus came to do perfectly. When we move on to this particular portion of Scripture, this verse, Exodus 14, 13, and 14, is probably... The center point of the Old Testament about which everything revolves. It is the gospel in the Old Testament. It is, it is the message of Jesus Christ right here in the center of the Old Testament. If there's one scripture that you should know off by heart that should resonate in your hearts and should speak Jesus, 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 it's this verse. It is Romans 5, verse 2. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It is Ephesians 2, verse 8. That is by grace you are saved. Not of works, not of yourself. It's a gift from God, not so that no one may boast. It is there, though it's those verses. In Old Testament language. Let's read it together. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. See the salvation. Stand firm. You need not to do anything. God will come on your behalf and do it. This is Jesus. This is Jesus stepping down into history. This is Jesus stepping down into your life and saying, Just as Egypt was hopeless, helpless, unable to save themselves. Did I say Egypt or Israel? Ah, well, Israel was hopeless. I mean, Egypt was hopeless and helpless. They just didn't know it. But Israel knew it. They were hopeless, helpless, against the sea, unable to save themselves. Just as Israel was unable to save themselves, so you are unable to save yourself. So you find yourself in a place where there is nothing you can do that will make it better. Oh, you can try. Egypt thought of, th- Israel thought of things. They were going to go back to Egypt. That was a fine plan, they thought. You can try. You can, you can work harder. You can be better. It's not going to do it. You can say, what the heck? I'm just going to live how I want. Do what I feel. You can, you can go after that, and it's still not going to make you feel better. It's still not going to save you. It's still not going to change you. It's still not going to redeem you. It's still not going to give you what your heart desires. You are still lost and hopeless without the intervention of the living God, without Jesus Christ. I absolutely love the part where it says, The Egyptians for whom you see today, you shall never see again. Guys, this speaks of the victory of Jesus Christ. Because you know, when he hung on that cross, he didn't just hang hang there as Jesus Christ. I've said this so many times before, but I want to say it again because it thrills me. He hung there as you. He hung there as me. He took the pain, he took the bondage, he took the injustice that you and I have experienced and will experience. He took the consequences of our sin, and he took the consequences of other people's sin toward us. The powers and the principalities and the evil that found its home in your heart. Remember that echo in your heart. The evil of this world that is clawing at you. That is trying to drag you into depression and hopelessness. That is speaking constantly to your soul. You can't make it. He faced them head on and he said, die. And they died. He said, let them go and they let and they let us go. He said, step back and they step back. Step back and they step back. I'm reminded about this line. Jesus' victory on the cross is so complete, so absolute, that there is nothing, there is no evil, there is no torment, there is no justice, there is no sin, there is no abuse, there is no lethargy, there is no fear, there is no hopelessness that can claim your heart ever again. Every single one of those things were thrown into the sea, destroyed forever. You say to me, I still feel them. I say to you, it's only because you want to. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now I've offended half of you. (laughs) Here's the bottom line, is you never, ever, ever, ever have to feel those things again. They've been defeated. They've been destroyed. They've been annihilated. Jesus Christ annihilated them because he saw you. And he wanted you free. He saw everything that would come at you, and he said, no, come at me. It's like Jesus Christ stood in front of that Egyptian army and said, take me. And then he drowned them in the sea. Take me, and then he drowned them in the sea. All our songwriters, can you get that? (laughs) The voice of the mediator. Interestingly enough, when when. Moses stood as mediator, as Jesus Christ in that environment. God, the God of redemption began to speak. And he spoke to Moses and he spoke to the people. He spoke to Moses and he gave instructions to the people. Let's read from verse 14, the voice of redemption. Sorry, from verse 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his host, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen the voice of redemption. Before the wind, there always comes that voice of redemption. And that voice of redemption speaks to the mediator, stretch out your hand. The instruction that Jesus came to the earth on was stretch out your hand hang on that cross, die for these people, make a way for them so that the sea will part, so that the wind will blow, so that they can walk across on dry land. But that voice of redemption, as it spoke through Jesus Christ and created a way for us, it also speaks to us. And the voice of redemption says this, believe, therefore do. It says, see the work of redemption that has been done, therefore walk through. What would have happened if at that moment they would said, see the sea on that side and the sea on that side. That's too terrifying. I'm not going. Redemption comes with the pure and complete grace of God done entirely by Jesus Christ, but it demands a response from you. It demands a response from you. And that response is either, yes, I believe, or no, I don't. And if you believe, there is a corresponding action that must happen. And that is this, that you must walk through the redemption that he has made for you. That you must step into the parted seas and you must walk. And you must choose to leave behind the life that was, and take on the unknown. This is the wild thing about God, is that he doesn't tell you everything that's ahead. He just said, it's good, and it's right, and it's true. Follow me. When Jesus took, called his disciples, he didn't lay out a plan for them. He didn't even really tell them that he was going to be crucified. He just said, follow me. Yeah. Right. I'm not telling you what's coming, but I'm telling you it'll be okay if you're with me. That is the voice of redemption. That is the voice of surrender. That, that is what Jesus Christ demands. That is what our salvation looks like. Him doing all the work and us saying yes. Surrendering, saying I'm leaving everything behind. I'm choosing you. You above all things. You at the center of my life. Your word by command. Everything about you exalted in my life. And I'm walking ground that I never knew before. Changed, different, and new. In conclusion, the voice of Jesus can ever be heard mediating for us. The cross is the staff that he held across the Red Sea of guilt and shame that separate us from the life God made for us. Putting our trust in him allows us to walk out of bondage into the freedom we were born for. I want to I close with this. I feel like there needs to be a moment of consecration. You know, I don't know what happened to you in lockdown. I don't know what happened to you in lockdown five, four, three, two, all those lockdowns. But I can guarantee you, isolation has a way of killing the soul. Isolation has a way of causing faith to grow, Tim. And I feel like I feel like God is blowing a wind through our nation. And his call to each and every one of us is, will you be with me? Will you be with me? And I feel like I want to take a moment when we just say yes to Jesus. Yeah. I know everyone here has, has said yes to, yes to Jesus at some stage. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking you reprobate repra- terrible people. I, I know you godly, lovely people. But, but, there is a journey ahead of us that will be wild and intense that's going to have ups and downs, and it's going to demand that we walk with Jesus closely. It's going to demand that we leave behind the worldliness, the enticement, even the intimidation. It's going to demand that we say no to the voice of Egypt, and it's going to demand us saying yes to the voice of the Redeemer constantly. So I'm going to invite you into a moment Lord Jesus, would you come? Would you come and touch each heart here? Lord God, we want to say yes to you again. We want to say yes to you again. Lord God, first of all, can you just begin to thank him? Thank him that he chose you, not because you were great and wonderful, but he chose you because he loved you. Which means there's nothing you can do to, to get away from that. He loves you because he loves you, not because you're fantastic or because you brushed your hair well this morning. He loves you because he loved you. If you brush your hair differently tomorrow, he'll still love you. He loves you. Can we thank him that he chose us? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then I don't know how you want to do it. You can stand, you can kneel, you can sit. I'm just asking you to take a moment to say yes again to Jesus. I'm asking you to say, God, not me, but you. You exalted over me. Thank you, Lord. Atabo, if you want to sing with that beautiful, strong voice of yours about Jesus being victorious, you go for it. You can sing it loud and strong, my friend. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Lord, would you come?
0: Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes,
1: Lord. And we choose you today, We choose you today, Lord. We come and choose you today. We say yes to you, Lord. Compagniamo, Dio, romaniamo. We say yes to you, Jesus, victorious one. There are some things that as I was speaking, Jesus was convicting you of. I'm going to ask you right now, can you lay those at his feet? Can you say, Lord Jesus, I lay those down? You are more important than those things. I won't go back to those things. I choose to walk forward in you. There's some attitudes, some thoughts. For some of you, even some possessions. that he's asking you to say, no. Thank you, Lord. Ah.
0: on me together with one loud yes, one last
1: Lord, we say yes. And at the same time, we feel your wind blow, Lord God. Come and blow, Lord God. I prophesy over every life now, the wind of God coming to blow open those seas, to go and blow away those mountains, to smash those rocks, to bring his power. Lord God, we say yes. We say yes, and we receive the wind of your spirit right now in Jesus' name. Come and blow, oh God. 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 Freedom, free passage into our destiny. Free prayer passage into our victory, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand. word. God is that good. Lord, thank you for everyone here. Goodness, mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Lord God, we just see it. Goodness and mercy. I just bless these people with goodness and mercy, following them all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand. So social distancing does not mean relational distancing. Don't be scarce. Don't break relationship. You need them. I'm gonna ask if any of you feel like you just want a download of the power of God right now, won't you just raise your hands? Our ministry team will come to you and pray behind you. So where are you, Tobeka? If you could get the ministry, just keep your hands raised until someone comes and prays with you. Let's believe God just for the power and presence that Pentecost power that the wind of the Spirit brings in your life. Otherwise, pray for someone, have some tea and coffee, or go home and love on someone and tell them about what Jesus has done. God bless you. You're amazing. If you haven't been water baptized, next Sunday is your day. God bless you. Amen and amen.